We're here today with David Manica at the Career Proing Podcast. David, we are going to jump into it without a lot of to dos. You have spoken to thousands upon thousands of people. Your first speaking gig was forever ago, but that doesn't matter because we're going to talk today about building your personal brand. One of the steps that we want to launch into is how do you get your first speaking engagement? And let me ask you this before you even do that why do you even want a speaking engagement? Hey, there you go, John. That's a really good first question. Um, you want a speaking engagement for two reasons, I believe. I think the, the reason number one is that more people fear speaking in public than death, right? And having that ability to be able to speak and, and speak with presence and confidence is a true core skill in today's environment. No, an idea is meaningless unless you can present it. And it's tough to present your ideas and written down in writing because people don't read as much as they used to read. So almost in nine out of 10 cases to present your idea, you have to present it face-to-face. You have to present it over a video conference call. You have to present it over a phone call. So you have to use your words and your words out of your mouth in a face-to-face or a phone presentation or a live presentation. So that's number one. That's number one. Number two is there's a level of credibility you gain as a speaker, whether it's correct or not. um, That's a whole other debate we can have, um, but it's a significant credibility builder that will help you in positioning yourself in your expertise area when you're out there interviewing for your next gig. So those are the two things, core skill development, a skill that you have to have to present ideas out there in the world. And number two is a credibility builder, which can help you be selected over that other candidate in the job search. Thank you. We're going to get, we're going to talk about the how a bit here, but I'm sticking with the why. Ah. Why at at an early stage of your career, why at maybe a mid middle stage where you feel like, Hey, I'm in the right career why do I need to add speaking to this? I mean, I've introduced someone at a meeting, but that's not really getting a speaking engagement. And why maybe a little bit later career when you're executive, you've done some talks because it just comes with the territory. But is it worth getting a speaking engagement at all those levels? If you're reinventing or reconnecting, why is it still important to get a speaking engagement at all three levels? Because it forces you have to practice the things you know. It forces you to actually put your thoughts down in a coherent pattern. It, it, it forces you to stretch yourself beyond your current state. I mean, one of the things I talk about a great deal in today's volatile marketplace is the, the status quo is the invisible killer. So if you live and operate in the status quo, you're, you're just going to end up becoming obsolete. So forcing yourself to speak on a topic forces you to have to dig deeper into a specific area. For a junior level person, it helps build their expertise. It helps them research in an area that they might not have researched in. And then ultimately it helps them be seen as something more than what they are right now. Especially if you get an outside speaking gig, a lot of times younger workers, or not even younger, but less experienced workers will be seen under a certain light. But if you're showcasing the fact that you're getting outside speaking engagements, that changes the table, that changes the perception of who you are. In your middle level career, it's about establishing yourself. And that establish 
that establishment of yourself and your brand is what's going to help carry you over to get that next step. Like, you know, a lot of folks will be at stage two and they want to get to stage one or at stage three and they want to get to stage two. Having that speaking engagement, practicing your presence, um, being able to articulate thoughtfully and deeply and correctly a really good idea can help you get that president role or that vice president of operations role that you're trying to make that jump for. They can actually see that you take the initiative to do that. And then as you get later in your career, it's about giving back. A lot of speaking is pro bono. A lot of speaking is done to help mentor and coach other groups. So you're sharing your expertise, you're sharing your wisdom. And I want to think about it later in your career, you have a tendency to kind of focus in on your experience where speaking might force you to get beyond that experience to learn something else that might become an aha moment for you. And left in your own devices later in our careers, we kind of have a tendency to kind of, you know, work off the, the packaged experience that we've gained over 20 to 30 years. And that too can become a noose around your neck if you're not careful. So I think at each one of those stages, there's value and there's value for different reasons. Excellent. In terms of a gig or a speaking engagement, that's part of the title here. How do you define that? Could could you get a featured kind of a speaking engagement inside your organization? Could that be helpful? And also externally, where whether it's either sponsored by the organization or you do it completely separately, where it, hey, I'm going to go talk to the Kiwanas Club at noon on a topic that I'm very passionate about on a volunteer basis or whatever it is, are, th- are they all valuable when we're talking about getting a speaking engagement? Absolutely. So it's a good leading question. So I think the internal one is one that can show a, you show your organization a lot about you and your willingness to share information, knowledge, to put yourself out at a limb. And I've known professionals who have set up half-day conferences for their specific area of expertise. I've known people that have done multiple lunch and learns where they can provide information to a group or or a section of employees and staff. I know companies now that are running monthly lunch and learns just to give employees opportunities for more information, which they would probably love to bring in an employee to do that, so they certainly don't have to pay for it for the, with an outside speaker. But I think in each one of those situations, the internal presentation can be extremely valuable to market your brand as it relates to your existing company. Show that you're using the referent power base. Show that you're willing to pay it forward and share the information that you have available to you. Um, the downside is there's a lot more fear when you do it within your company in case you're going to be taking slings and arrows. If somebody's going to be you know, less than positive with regard to what you're saying, I mean, there's some there's some risk associated with that. But this is what I'll tell you: people don't go to an internal session unless they want to. It's not like you're gonna have a bunch of hecklers in the back of the room. They're just not gonna waste their time. So I don't think that's a hurdle they shouldn't get over. The next piece of it that you go outside of your company, everybody's looking for speakers especially in COVID, especially virtual speakers. Oh my gosh. I mean, and that'll continue to occur once people, you know, in this, we're now more of a hybrid environment. Yeah. But you'll have both still, you'll have the virtual, I think the virtual is going to, yeah. So I think that what you have to say to yourself first is that there are people that are going to want to hear you speak. You have to have the confidence that you have something to speak about. And then you want to be able to put that into a digestible 
summary with a really cool title, and then you have to have the other pieces involved. But long, but before we get into that, because we have to get into that, the external side, just like you said, trade association, um, professional group, you know, other type of um, quasi-professional groups. You have career groups within churches. I mean, there's a whole litany of places that we can we can spell out. About, yeah, all over the place. We can spell those out. And we've we've we recently collaborated where you invited me to speak to one of your uh, association groups, and I was yep. a part of uh, a different group. But I got to meet some of the people in the room. I it refreshed me because I'm speaking to not just my clients like we do on, on a lot of occasions like we're doing tomorrow, it, it put me kind of in a different atmosphere. I got different questions. I got exposed to different stimuli. They got exposed to someone outside of their realm, but I was able to come and speak about that. So I, I think I'm a, I think I'm better because I've done that. Do you think people will leave there feeling like, even if it's not, I, even if it's not a grand, you know, <laughs> feature, you come away feeling like you gave and you got something out of it, you didn't just deplete, even if it's hard for you to do this, it's not quite in your core personality. You, when you give, you get a lot more back a lot of times when you do this kind of outreach and get out of your comfort zone, don't you? Yeah, this is this is definitely a pay it forward type scenario until you take the next step, which is become a paid speaker, which we could talk about a little bit. But right now you're really doing it to build and practice and a skill set that is critical in today's environment. You're doing it so you can research and dive deeper into a topic that that could become very valuable for you in the future. And you're doing it to build recognition of your brand to show that you have those capabilities to help you, you know, take that one extra step above another resume that might be on somebody's desk. But without a doubt, you're going to get a lot of value. You're going to learn. You're going to learn from the people in the presentation. You're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about the topic that you research. Um, but, you know, the, the big question, the $24,000 question, if that's a lot of money these days, it's probably not, is, you know, the fear factor. Why are you scared to present? You know, how do you fight through that? And how do you practice to get over that to take the next step? And I think, John, you know, I talk about this all the time. I'm still nervous before every presentation. So it's, it's it's an idea of understanding that you will be. It's it's not something that can magically go away. You just have to understand it and then control it. And if you do that, you can get through it. How do you get a speaking engagement that's going to be worthy? Worthy. Now that's a definition. That's a, that's a value term. It all depends on what some of the deans is worthy. I um, if you're really looking for something that you might be able to get paid for. Um, ultimately, potentially, that's worthy. That's, you know, you're getting paid for or you're presenting at a group that you have hold in high esteem. Um, the, the very first thing you have to do is you really have to look at it, what are you talking about? What are you speaking on? Is it a relevant topic that folks are interested in hearing about? And it, or is it something that they heard a thousand times? So that's the first thing you have to look at. And then when you put the topic into a title, I'm not a big fan of all the cheeky titles that are out there. You know, some people love them. I think the title should be relevant and specific. What, is, what kind of a title, David? Um, don't eat the elephant in five bites. I mean, uh, um, playing high go seek with your kids can help you with influences. I mean, I, I can't even come up with some of the cheekier ones. You know, it's it's those cheeky. 
is what yeah, you're che- yeah, cheeky is the word. I I'm more of the art and science of influence. Um, the the pr- a primer on emotional intelligence. Uh, or practical what, what adaptive leadership. Fundamentals that- of customer service early career. And yeah, then later perfect. career is, you know, could be something like uh how to engage with private equity at all levels. Yeah. It's but all yes. It's about your persona. Wheelhouse, or yeah. you can accumulate, interview other people and integ- integrate sometimes the how is to bring other people's ideas together and you present not as the stand-up comedian, but as as the in- information driver. Yeah, that's a good point, John, because it's not the days of the, you know, the buffet before buffet meeting is gone. It's just not like that, you know, the humorist that comes up there and does a little motivational speaking speech. And there's a thousand of those people out there. So that's not the that's not the first step anybody should take. The first steps that someone should take is say, what am I good at? Okay, say I'm an accountant and I'm really good at IFRS, which is a new accounting standards. So I'm going to write a presentation about the differences between IFRS and GAAP, and I'm going to go pitch it to a bunch of state accountancy boards. I'm going to pitch it to a bunch of accountant user groups. I might pitch it to a bunch of accountant um, software companies. I might pitch it internally to my own group, and I say, hey, I know a lot about the differences between IFRS and GAAP as it relates to intellectual property. The 45-minute presentation, here I go. And. And let's say you have a little bit of a higher fear factor. You're like, I want to go to the most comfortable group I know. And maybe uh, in in that situation, maybe you you talk to uh, you know the youth ministers at your at a at your church, the two the three youth ministers, and you you present on engaging today's teenager. Yeah, because maybe you come from you know a background that might give those ministers and the in the kids serving in there a perspective. That's not probably a high bar. You're not going to get a lot of tomatoes thrown at you. But you know, if you organize that presentation, tomatoes thrown at you. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you organize that presentation and you say, "Look, I just want to come from kind of an outsider point of view to help the campus, the teenage, you know, attract more teenagers to the church." I mean, just the fact that you organized it, that you gave the presentation and you and you you said you thought that would be helpful instead of telling them, writing a note or complaining. Doesn't speaking sometimes speak? I guess I'm going to go into pun city here, but (laughs) doesn't it say more about who you are sometimes than just what you know? Yeah, a, spe- a speech will have an have an element of your personality in it. Um, it'll have an element of your passion in it. Um, yeah, it definitely. You definitely are out there doing a little bit of edutainment. But go back to what you're talking about. I think there's two elements you have to test and you have to work on. First, you have to look on your on your basic presentation skills, and th- that environment that you just talked about is the idea of creating a productive environment where you can work on those presentation skills, your voice, the tone of your voice, the, the, the sound of it, the loudness and softness of it, eye contact, movement. And there's this whole you know, level, what do I do with my hands? That actually freaks people out all the time. So I think that's the first level of practice. Now, Toastmasters is a great place to go, begin to practice those skills as well. But like you said, John, I think it's, a, it's practicing them in a comfortable environment where you don't, you don't have to worry about people 
being root. So, you know, amongst a peer group, testing it in an in, in internal group, um, taking a couple presentation skills classes online, LinkedIn, paying for it, I think will help out there. That's that's a skill. Then the other skill is understanding the depth of knowledge and what you're actually talking about. Now, there you might want to practice in the podcast um, because podcasts are much safer environments like we're doing now. You don't have to have all that presentation skill stuff. You just have to work on your voice and you have to work on your processing feed to get the information out there. So those are the two areas I have to split up. Okay, how do I practice my, my message related to the, the, the intellectual topic I'm presenting on? And how do, I pre- how do I practice my presentation skills? I love these ideas because when you're in it, when you're doing, you can create this from nothing. Yeah. You can, you can start today or tomorrow and say, look, I'm going to take them at their word. Now, we coach people through this, as you know, and you, mm-hmm. you've helped a lot of our people and helped me at, uh, when we've done presentations together. But I think it's something you can create from nothing. Yes. Build it. You can practice amongst you know, the trees if you'd like, but a small audience that will give you good feedback is helpful. And as you said, that we, we're happy about the Toastmasters of the world, but you want to roll it out and, and build this into your brand these days. And as we start to wind down here, why do you think it's important to have this as a part of your arsenal, whether you deem yourself a speaker or not, to say, look, I, I can competently speak about different subjects and I've organized meetings sometimes out of nothing. Why is that going to be a good brand going into 2021, 2022 for your career at any level? Yeah, you're you're a linchpin. You're somebody who gets things done. You can make things happen. So if you can show that you set up a three-hour conference of like-minded professionals within your organization, or you set up a, a series of lunch and learns where you were one of the presenters, or you took the initiative to go out there and be a part of the, the professional chapter that you are associated with with your career and actually pre- present for those folks. I think all of those, so your ability to connect and make things happen. But I guess really it goes back to that core that we talked about at the beginning. I mean, an idea is worthless. An idea is completely worthless, no matter how magical it is, if it cannot be presented. And written presentation is much less utilized in today's environment. It's all voice. It's all speaking, whether it's short sound bites or 15-minute knowledge nuggets or an actual 45-minute presentation. That's where people learn and gain information. So having the ability to do that competently with presence, with a little bit of charisma is going to increase your trust and competency and, and then really drive your influence through the roof. I'm going to I'm going to talk about a couple of reports that we both looked at before this uh just to wrap up here and I want your take on this the future of work 2030 the, we know this is good for today but the future of work and the you know by Deloitte and McKinsey they say similar things that that certain roles are are going to be made routine by AI certain a lot of the workforce will not look like what it does in 2030 that it does today. And they're talking about creating the augmented workforce. If we're in fear of AI taking our jobs, we're in fear that, gosh, this could be commoditized. Amazon's taken over the world. Why is speaking still so important? And why do you think it should be, a app as we finish up, as a real uh, tool in your toolbox for your career advancement? 
Well, AI does something our brains can't do, and that's process a crap ton of information. But what AI can't do that we can do is actually decipher the why of what the outcome is that AI finds. So presentations are the ability to articulate the whys of complex cause and effect situations. Presentations help articulate, articulate problem solving and, and, and drive problem solving and problem definition sessions. Um, presentations help negotiate to make negotiations occur with an understanding of using your words. You don't negotiate with written documents, you negotiate verbally and, and, and communicatively, whether it's face-to-face or over the phone or through a video conference. So I think at the end of the day, it's it's being able to articulate the whys, the problem solve appropriately, to offer critical thinking and, and critical analysis on complex and complicated situations. And, and all, to me, it all wraps up in the adaptive challenge, which if we don't actually know what our problems are anymore, we have to figure those pro- what the problems are, then we have to figure out how to solve those problems. And it's all done through teamwork and communication. And, and verbal communication. So having those presentation skills, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, it doesn't matter. You still are going to talk. And how do you do it succinctly? How do you do it objectively? Um, how do you do it, as Jeff Davidson did, with less filler words? And the saddest thing about it is we just don't read as much. So you know, if you're a great writer, it's learn, how to, you know, learn how to read that precisely so people, can, people will actually listen to it. One one short story, and I want your take on this. Is and I'll, you'll have the last word here. I was uh, many years ago looking at doing something different, getting my resume done, talking to a career coach myself. And, the, and oh that, wow! But before I even got to that meeting, my wife went out to see a presentation done by this person. Who eventually I took her spot and started this career. She went out to Research Triangle Park in North Carolina and listened to someone talk about resumes, advancing your career, career ideas. She said, I really like that, but I just, it seemed like something you needed to do to, to learn what I just learned from this speaking engagement. I, I learned things I didn't even, I thought I already knew, and it inspired her to send me this way. That's kind of how I got started in this career. The person that was in this role wanted to pursue comedy in New York. <laughs> and, and, and here I am today, many years later, you know, pretty much full career in, in this. So it, it's sometimes it's what you don't realize how you might influence other people when you're speaking. It, it might not just be the subject. Oh, that's why I do it. That's why the, I, wheels, look at me. the wheels are turning in their brain. And, and I think you'll get a lot out of this. The how it's all around you. David, last words on that little silly. Story. Oh, but I thought that was beautifully said, John, because a speaker's going to remember that no matter how intellectual and, and and just intelligent they are, people are going to remember like 5% of what you talk about. What they're going to remember, though, more and more passionately is the emotion by which you connected with them. And what level of inspiration that you provide as part of the message you gave. So storytelling to connect back emotionally with the group you're digging into, finding one or two core nuggets that you can be repetitive on as as giveaways or as pieces of information they can run with. And, and that's ultimately, a, a good speaker should be should want to do this because they want to serve. They want to serve the people they're communicating with to provide them inspiration, a couple different pieces of knowledge nuggets that they may go back and utilize. 
to, you know, to help them out and further their career, their life, make themselves more happy, whatever the case may be. So John, very well said. That's, that's the last piece of this would be, you want to speak because you want to inspire. Because we're all, we all want to be inspired, but very few of us want to be inspirational. When you speak, you have the opportunity to be inspirational. And that's, that's really the huge value of it. David Manica. Thank you, John. Career Pro, we're gone. Peace out. <laughs>